If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks, a podcast that discusses the improvement of physician engagement and physician documentation habits by focusing on the core aspects of clinical documentation integrity. Here is the creator and founder of Core CDI, the co-founder of Top Gun Audit School, and your host of this podcast, Glenn Krause. Hello, Glenn Krause here with Core CDI and Wiser Wednesday's Experience Speaks with Dr. Tisha Titus from Titus Consulting. She's been on one of our, a couple of Wise and Wednesday podcasts, and I invited her back because we have a lot uh, to go over today regarding the fundamentals of CDI. Uh, Dr. Titus and I do a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, discussion on CDI. We come up with another great topic we'd like to share. So, Dr. Titus, welcome to the podcast. If you want to do a little brief introduction, we'll get right started. Certainly. Thanks for having me. So, my name is Dr. Titus. I am a Mayo and Emory trained resident graduate and with nearly 20 years of career experience as a physician working in both public, private, nonprofit, and academic sectors. sectors. I'm currently board certified in both preventive medicine and addiction medicine working as an independent consultant. Thank you very much. We, we live and breathe CDI. So I had a, we, I come up with a couple or actually four questions we wanted to go over, four topics. So let me go ahead and ask the first one. And I know we had quite a few heated discussions on this in the past couple of months. Why are current CDI profession processes ineffective in attaining real measurable improvement in physician documentation? You know, I just did a chart review just the, last week uh, with, and I'm not trying to put CDI down, but they have a program for four or five years saying they're attaining all their key performance indicators of charts reviewed, CCMCC capture rate, and the documentation was still inadequate. So what are your thoughts on that? Part of the issue that I see with CDI processes is that it's, is that it's a back-end process, meaning the physician comes in, they see the patient, they do the documentation, and then this becomes an afterthought that happens afterwards where the queries are sent to say, hey, we need you to clarify this, we need you to do this, we need to see this. And then unfortunately at that point in time, then the physician becomes burdened with redoing something that they've already done, uh, which means that there's probably some additional shortcuts, some additional workarounds, things that in their processes that are less than ideal because it's not at the front end. Uh, and, and let me ask you a question. So given that, uh, you know, you work with residents and Emory, 
what what would be uh, what would be the ideal methodology? How do we how do we how do we move it from a what I call repetitive transactional reactive process to a forward-thinking role? I think almost I think it's almost like a task uh, versus a role. Where, where where do you where do you see CDI transforming? What must they be doing? What processes do they need to update? Because the processes that we have today have been around for 12 or 13 years now. Well, and you actually just said the exact word that I think is, is part of what needs to change. It's a very reactive process. It's happening after the fact. It needs to become a proactive process, and it needs to be built into the front end so that things are done correctly the first time because physicians often don't have time to do it over. Right? If we can just shift it from the back end to the front end, and work on how the inputs are, are done and work on speaking the same language, I think will be far more effective. So one of the limitations of CDI, or, uh, and I should say we really have our hands tied as professionals, is that, we have, uh, is that we have these key performance indicators that are measures of task. And you know all about them. We've had a long discussion. Number of charts reviewed, number of queries issued, number of CCs, MCCs. Is that something that's getting in the way of being proactive? Is, 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 do, we have to, do we have to kind of get away from them or maybe use them as a secondary? What are your thoughts? I do think they're getting in the way. And I think they're, they're getting in the way in the form of repetition and needing to do everything twice. I mean, realistically, in my mind, if things are done proactively and upfront, and the process is, is set from the get-go, so from the data entry at the time that the physician is there with the patient, mm -hmm. and things are done correctly from the front end, the CDI process really should just be the check to make sure that it's been done correctly. And instead, it has now become almost like this grade school project of this is wrong, this is wrong, this is, you know, physicians are getting this laundry list of things yeah. that's wrong that they need to go back and do. And it's very punitive to us as physicians because we're doing our best to document, but we haven't been taught much about CDI. We haven't been taught about billing and coding. We haven't been taught those things. And I think that that's part of the proactive nature that needs to happen is that we need to get this information in to the hands of the people that are actually doing the documentation to teach them to do the documentation better the first time because if you don't have time to do it right the first time, we aren't going to have time to do it over. That, and I was just going to say, I, I wanted you to say that, uh, to reference that because I, that is just so, it, it's so fitting and telltaling for our present processes. If you don't have time to do it right the first time, you didn't have time to do it right to begin with. And that brings me to my next thought, which I want to kind of run by you here. Are CDI professional skill sets, knowledge base, and core competencies, are they sufficient to really work with physicians as constituents and colleagues and moving the needle on documentation and charting? Do you think they have uh, the, the, the right mix of secret sauce of skill sets and knowledge? Or are they, are they really limited in their skill sets based on DRGs and clinical indicators and queries? And not so much that it's a skills and knowledge issue. It's a communication issue. It's a language issue in that, yes, 
you're right, they're speaking in DRGs and they're speaking in CDI language. Our physicians are speaking in medical jargon and a lot of these queries that are coming about are because of the mismatch in the languages that are being used between the two groups. So the information is probably there, it's just in medical ease that perhaps may or may not be fully understood by somebody that doesn't have full medical training. Most of the focus today is on reimbursement. Uh, and I, th I love where our conversation a couple of weeks back where you said physicians just see it as a hospital initiative. There's not much in it for them. What, what do we need to do as CDI professionals to change that outlook, to really work with physicians? What, if, you're, if you're practicing or one of your residents is on the floor, what would they expect from the CDI professional reviewing the record proactively as opposed to reactively? So proactively, I would hope that that person would be there, right there with them, mm -hmm. and that they can resolve the communication barrier. So as the physician is going through and putting their information in the notes, mm -hmm. the CDI person is literally right next to them saying, okay, I need to see this. And the physician can say, it's right here. This is what it looks like when we as physicians say it. So that that can cross up that communication barrier. And in the same respect, so as the CDI person is saying, say, so look, I'm looking for this DRG, explain it to the physician to say, this is what this DRG entails. This is what it is. This is what it means. These are the things that I'm looking for. So we just we have to break down that communication barrier between the two of them mm -hmm. and then teach them to do it right from the get-go. In terms of, you know, and one thing I want to run by you is uh, a, lot of what I, what, a lot of what I observe in terms of insufficiency is not documentation of diagnosis. It's the history and physical, history of present illness, progress notes with the excess mm -hmm. copy and paste, diagnoses that are not relevant or have been ruled out or they've uh, resolved and we're still putting them as an active condition. Does CDI play a role in, in moving the needle on providing physician training and learnings? Is that something that uh, residents would appreciate or do they receive that traditionally in their regular training as a resident? So we get some training on how to write notes, mm -hmm. right? And it, it starts off with we're supposed to be extremely comprehensive. We're supposed to have these very long differentials. Everything under the sun is supposed to be included in our notes mm -hmm. so that we learn how to whittle that down to what's important. And the catch-22 to that is that old habits die hard. They die really, really hard. And I myself have just discovered an error that I have been doing, that, that I've done for like 20 years because oh, this what, is how oh, I've what <laughs> I got to hear this. Somebody what had, is it? So somebody had posted in one of my groups that, as luck would have it, they were failing to get reimbursement for medical issues on a patient, and they said, "This is what I wrote." And it was, "This is a you know 65 year old male with a past medical history of," and it listed several active diagnoses that were in question for the visit. Right and then proceeded to go on. And this person was corrected to say, if you say it's a past medical history, we consider that a non-active diagnosis from a CDI perspective, so you can't bill for that. But that's how I was actually taught to write my notes. I was taught that everything that's an active and or past condition goes in the past medical history. And that's how our forms are made. 
when we ask people for their past medical history. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, do you currently, or have you ever had anything in the past? And we put that all in the past medical history. I've been doing that for 20 years. <laughs> you know, since I got, I've been doing that all through med school, all through residency, uh, and all through my career in my notes. I had, I had had the same habit. And now that I know better, I can do better. It, it was interesting to see how many other people on the feed were doing the exact same thing and didn't realize it. That's right. And, I, and the piece that I, would, I want to throw out there for your, for your opinion or thoughts is CDI programs have been around for 12 years. Well, why hasn't that been addressed? And I, and I believe there's, a, there's a, a CDI. I always say CDI, there's a better way. And the better way is to be more proactive and provide education and training and knowledge sharing with residents. Uh, and that's why I think it's great that we're going to be working together to develop this training modules for residents because uh, residents, uh, I would say, have insatiable appetite in most instances. And if we don't catch them uh, in residency, they're going to go right out there and continue to document insufficiently and also, I guess you would say, poorly in some instances. And, 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 the, and the sad thing is who suffers from poor patient documentation, ultimately the patient uh, and the physician potentially because he may not be billing appropriately. And that's the piece that I believe CDI should be uh, bridging is the documentation is not just for the hospital, it's for the physician and the patient and communication tool. Your thoughts on that? I completely agree. So it, it does need to be more than just about billing and coding. It does really need to be about patient care. That, that's what interests us as physicians. We want to do things right. We want to be comprehensive. And, and sometimes the process is just so thick that it gets in the way. And then we have the workarounds and we have the pull forwards and we have the copy paste uh, and some of the sloppiness that is seen in the notes. And that is their, their time efficiency measures, their time preservation measures to try and get the documentation done faster. And unfortunately, there's a lot of note bloat that comes with that. And then those notes actually become unhelpful. And really what we're looking for is actionable information, not data gravitational information. And the last thing I wanted to to get your thoughts on was if you were uh, working with residents at a teaching institution, what would be the ideal framework for CDI programs? Is it primarily queries, or what would, you, what would you say would be the ideal program to transform the CDI into a real profession that's uh, action-based, that's visionary, and rather than task leadership? What are your thoughts? So I really think that the CDI needs to work with the residents when they're learning to do their documentation, mm-hmm. to teach them how to do it correctly, with some of these holdover errors that have been, you know, these errors. I was taught that history of present illness over 20 years ago, and nobody corrected me. And, and, not, and not only that, I see history of present illness with 20 conditions that are true history of or chronic stable that don't have relevance to the particular encounter. Uh, and those diagnoses can be concluded in the past family social history. But then again, I see them again in the past family social history. Then I see them again in the, in the assessment. That's a lot of note bloat when, uh, that can be tightened up. And so these are the things that I see CDI 
potentially really focusing on helping the physicians work smarter, not harder, because it's possible to work smarter, not harder, and spend more time with patients. So I'm hoping that CDI moves in that direction. Really looking forward to uh, uh, working with you on these curriculum for residents. Any final thoughts, Dr. Titus, for the CDI profession? So I do. So there is there's actually a really fantastic opportunity coming up, which is the changes to the E&M coding. Yeah. That's going to become effective in January 2021. Mm-hmm. That's right. Everybody has to learn this. This is the perfect opportunity to go back and re-educate and retrain our medical students, our residents, our young physicians, even our mid-career physicians, wherever they are, on what that documentation looks like. A large part of the note bloat, in particular with past family medical and social history, was the attempt to gather as much information as possible for the highest code. And all of that is going away. And I think once people realize that they don't have to gather information that doesn't help them for the visit, mm-hmm. that some of that will stop. But again, somebody's got to tell them. And CDI has an awesome opportunity to go back and retrain physicians that, that this doesn't, you know, do this if it needs to be done, and if it doesn't need to be done, go ahead and leave it out. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Titus, for that was a great point. If you haven't checked out the Wise on Wednesday's Experience Speaks on Anchor, uh, podcasts or uh, iTunes, whatever you use, please check them because there are at least 12 or 13 I last count. And uh, if you haven't checked out the TopGunAuditSchool.com website, please go ahead and do so because we have lots of uh, webinars. There's, there is an upcoming uh, webinar uh, this week coming up. And I'm going to be recording, we're having actually a live webinar on how to review a record or conduct a quality record review in five minutes or less. And I have actually three or four cases that were denied. I'm going to be using them as examples. So check that out. Go to the TopGunAuditSchool.com website and uh, put your email in there. I promise we won't spam you. When the, when the registration page is up, you'll get a notice. Uh, we have lots of resources there, and I have lots of resources on my core-cdi.com website, so check that out. I like to think that knowledge is power, and anything we can do to increase our uh, relevance and up-to-date knowledge and documentation, I'm all for that. So, Dr. Titus, thank you so much for your time today in the podcast, and we look forward to working with you in the future. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Glenn Krause can be found on LinkedIn. Make sure to subscribe to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks on Anchor.fm or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to also visit core-cdi.com for CDI and Revenue Cycle Consulting Services and topgunauditschool.com, a coaching service for hospital and clinicians. This podcast was produced by medicalcodinggeek.com. MedicalCodingGeek.com